Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The NASCAR Xfinity Series ready to go under the green at the Martinsville Speedway. They are side by side into turn number three. Jones down low. Ty Gibbs up high. Ty Gibbs gets roughed up. Checkered flag is out. Brandon Jones wins the call 811 before you dig 250 as they continue to crash further back. Everyone getting into the dust up here. And Chip Ganassi Racing and Cadillac win the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Sebastian Bourdais and Renga van der Zander. Alex Riveris comes to the line in his Aston Martin and Brian Sellers will drive the Paul Miller BMW to victory the first for that BMW M4. The battle goes the way of Eli Tomac, but the overall win in the war is handed to the 25 of Marvin Muscans. RJ Hampshire gets his first win ever in St. Louis. All hail the new King of Kota in 2022. And now Bastini takes a famous second win of the season here at the Red Bull Grand Prix of the Americas. Joseph Newgarden is a Long Beach Grand Prix winner. Long Beach, guys. Long Beach. It's been a while. Thank you. White flag is out. Joey Logano's on the back bumper of William Byron headed to turn one. One last shot for Logano. Can he get to the back bumper? Here they come off turn two down the back straightaway. Byron with the lead. Logano is second. Joey looking to the inside. Not close enough in four. What a drive for William Byron. He picks up the win tonight and the celebration is on. Hi, everyone. Welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Marty Snyder, Steve Latart, Kyle Petty here hanging out with you today. Boys, there are a lot to unpack from the world of motorsports this <laughs> weekend. I had to bring my notes. I know. You start with Long Beach. you got Martinsville, all kinds of stuff going on. But coming up on the show today, the mayor, James Hinchcliffe, will join us here. The mayor of Hinchtown, I should qualify yeah, that because we have another mayor we have here. another mayor. Right? Uh, he will be here to talk about Joseph Newgarden's big win at Long Beach and IndyCar. Plus, Brandon Jones will be here as well to talk about his Xfinity Series win at Martinsville. Of course, we want to hear from you guys at home. 844-NASCAR-NBC is the number to call in to chat with us, or you can chat with our guest as well. So, so fellas, let's discuss the good, the bad, mm. and the ugly from Martinsville this weekend. But let's start with the good. Let's start on the positive side of things. William Byron comes home, first, first multiple-time winner in 2022. Kyle, you said last week, if you were going to build Hendrick Motorsports, you would build it around 
William Byron. I'm not sure if he saw the multiple wins coming, but now listen, Chase Elliott and, and Kyle Larson hate, are champions. Hate, me. hate tweet me. That's all right. <laughs> and, and, and in all fairness, Chase Elliott is still leading the points here. So, but what point is William Byron making? What statement is he making so far this year? That he can win anywhere. Uh, I, I think in this car, and it's in he and Rudy together, I think that's the big thing. I, I, I want to go, and, and let me, I'm going to clarify that because I get so many hate tweets. Is, <laughs> is, no, no, no. And, and, and Steve will understand what I'm trying to say. Kyle Larson is on record as saying, I just drive the car. I don't know how to work on it. I don't know anything about it. I just get in it and just wheel it. And he may be one of the greatest wheel men ever. William Byron is more like Jeff Gordon. He understands the car. He moves the ball forward. He can help you as a crew chief take that car to a different place. Kyle Larson depends on you to get that car where he needs it. And that's what I mean. That's, that's why I think he can, he can do these, these kind of things. Byron has been that guy. And, and I go back, and we were talking about it earlier. We go back to Bristol last year. He comes in 18 points out of the playoffs, okay, the round of eight. He makes up 20 points that day. 20 points goes mm. in, and he carried that car on his back. That was a huge moment for William Byron. So when I look at it, I think William Byron is saying, I'm ready. The car is in the right place. I'm in the right place. Rudy is in the right place. The confidence is in the right place. And he's ready to run and win some races and win multiple races. I think when I, I, I didn't realize this, but our, our stat man Russell gave this to me. William Byron has taken a page a little bit out of the Kyle Larson playbook, mm-hmm. which is race as much as you can and try to yep. win in everything. So if you go back, he won a couple late model races in February down at New Smyrna. Then he goes to Hickory wins in March. The next day he wins a cup race in Atlanta. He wins a truck race at Martinsville and then goes back and wins a cup race. I think that, that that's the new approach for some of these drivers. They're all very talented, but how do they prepare? And I, William, William Byron prepared by trying to win races in everything he drives yeah. in. And, and he had a great race car on Saturday, um, but made no mistakes. His execution was excellent. Yeah. And that was a race. We could talk about it. You want to talk about the bad? The bad was the racing. It was yeah. a bad race. But before you move... Winning all those races in other divisions, what does that build? And, and well, so I'm a big believer that when a race car driver lines up in the front row of a late model race, he doesn't look over and go, oh, that's a late model guy, or this is a different. Yeah. They're trying to win. Mm-hmm. And there is a moment in every race where you just have to win. It doesn't matter what yeah. you're driving. And I think what William Byron does is remind himself, so Sundays will kick you in the teeth. Mm-hmm. They're awful. They yeah. are the best of the yes. best of the best. <laughs> if you right. have any That's sort of weakness, right. they will flee- feature it, flaunt it, and kick you in the teeth. And every once in a while, I think you need to go back and be like, no, 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 I belong here. I'm yeah, good. That's exactly I can win. Right. That's my point. And that's, that's what he point. did. And, and it, you know, whatever that is, the execution, the confidence, you know, the swagger. Listen. It was great. Yeah, listen. Jimmy Johnson had it. Jeff Gordon had it. Dale Sr. had it. Anybody who's ever won on that level has it. Winning is a habit. And whether hmm. you win at Cup, whether you win at Xfinity, whether yeah. you win at Monopoly, I don't give a rat's rear end. <laughs> Winning is a habit. And that habit builds confidence, and I think that's where William's at. So that's are you seeing point. this maturation Kyle's talking about with William Byron kind of in front of our eyes, becoming a guy who can be, uh, you know, a guy up there every week? Yeah, we've talked about it uh, last year in the playoffs. You know, uh, he was eliminated, but every year he goes, seems to go a little bit further. Yeah. When you really look at his signature, he moved up very quickly out of the Xfinity. A lot of them people question it, me including. But I think that was I Rick Hendrick saying that. Well, that's Rick Hendrick saying that you're my guy. <laughs> you don't have to prove anything. So let's get on Sundays and start learning. Yeah. I'm going to put you with the veteran crew chief, Chad Canals. I'm pretty confident Chad's not going to do this forever, but he's going to make you be at your best. I think Chad did that. He taught him a lot of good skill sets. Then they went and got the perfect guy, a guy he had confidence in, a Rudy Fugel. 
Um, listen, he doesn't have a lot of wins. Daytona, Miami, Atlanta, Martinsville. Pretty good variety there. Yes. So, uh, look, he's young. I- I'm not ready to give him any sort of accolades he doesn't deserve, but the accolade he does deserve is he is a winning cup driver, and he's the first in the new car to win twice. Yeah. So that deserves a tip of the hat. All right, let's talk about the ugly since you brought it up, Steve. I would say after the excitement of the Xfinity race on Friday night, I, being very polite, was let down by Saturday night's race. What was your take on it? Oh, listen, Martinsville, famous, my favorite racetrack on the circuit, and I saw nothing that resembled the Martinsville race. Um, I thought that it was very track position. The speeds were up. Uh, it's very easy to pick apart. Now, the flip side of that is that um, I went to a Charlotte test in December that, that made my stomach nauseous, that the cars <laughs> couldn't do what they wanted to do. The industry circled around, yeah. and they fixed it, in my mind as a fan, yeah. for the mile-and-a-half races. So I believe that this was a miss. I don't put it on any one person. It's not NASCAR's fault. It's not the team's. It's not Goodyear. Uh, it's not anything. It's a combination. The soup we were served didn't taste very well. The yeah. ingredients, all of them didn't mix well together. Yeah. I think we can blame the weather. There's a lot of blame. The sip, but the fact is I have a lot of confidence that the kitchen can fix a soup because they've already done it once with this yeah. car. Mm. So, so, listen, I'm not going to hear yeah. defend the race. I don't think the race needs defending. It wasn't good. I don't think you're yeah. going to find anyone who said it was good. Yeah. But I do believe I would be absolutely shocked if we go back short track racing at perhaps New Hampshire, Richmond, or Martinsville in the fall without changes. And But I want the fan to understand, Kyle, it isn't a reboot. No. The changes they made for Charlotte were arguably, if yeah. I didn't list them on a piece of paper, I'm not sure you would notice yeah. them. A little ride height, yeah, a little arrow right. tweak. It isn't a huge redesign. This yeah. car can be affected with some pretty small changes. Yeah, and, 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 that's, and, and I said it earlier. I was doing some stuff. In a sport that's well-known for knee-jerk reactions, this doesn't need a knee-jerk right. reaction. Yeah. This just needs to be studied, to be looked at, and to be figured out. I, I, and I, I think another thing was this. Okay, We go to Coda. Okay? We had more passes in the three corners before the start-finish line for the lead than we had in the whole race. At, at Martinsville. So you have to look at it. But you go to Coda and you say, man, they beat, they bang. These old cars hold up good. Martinsville's going to be fantastic. Wait till they get to Martinsville. I think that's where the disappointment and comes in, And that's what I'm saying. Kyle. The disappointment is yeah, right. that we were already looking ahead to Martinsville, already anticipating yeah. beating and banging and thrashing and everything going on. And then it didn't happen. So we came down from a real high to a very low, where in essence, there's it needs to be tweaked. Some things need to be looked at, whether it's ride height, whether it's compound, whether it's racetrack, whether it's wh- whatever you look at. Yeah, right. It's not one thing. There's not a silver bullet that you can shoot at Martinsville and say, that fixes everything. We're going to be a lot better winning. It. It's a lot of different things that are go. Just take your time, think about it, and work through it. And that's what, as, as Steve said, that's what NASCAR has done with this car so far, and I don't see that changing. I think they'll work through it slowly. The good news, I don't think it'll be a debate. I think when they say, hey, we're going to make some changes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, well, everybody's in. Like, uh, you know, even that's poor right. William Byron, the race point. winner, is probably going to be like, yeah, 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 okay. I knew these were coming. Yeah, that's, that's a fine. fair point. Uh, now for the ugly, the uh, fight at the end of the Xfinity Series race or after the Xfinity Series race between Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer. Kyle, what was your take on the uh, incident on pit road? Well, so I, I, I guess I look at it like this. Um, he got moved out of, his way, out of the way or got beat by his teammate. Okay, so he was already going to finish second or third or whatever. He and Mayer have a lot of history. Um, He runs into Sam after the race. Okay, you see Sam get into him right there. Listen, Sam's going for $100,000. They all are right here. Um, They left it on the table, but but as you look at it, the the thing is, after the race, he comes up and hits. Then he walks down and shoves. 
He opened himself up for an ass kicking. Pardon, pardon my French there. Mm. You know what I mean? He should have had his butt beat right there, Ty Gibbs. And and but he wasn't men enough or wasn't big enough to take his helmet off. He just wanted to stand there and shuck. I that was incredibly ugly to me. It was ugly for the sport. It was ugly for these guys. It was ugly for that's all we're talking about. Okay? But at the same time, it, there's no place. If you want to talk about it, if you want to thrash it out, go somewhere and thrash it out a little bit. And look, they caught a NASCAR official in the middle of it. Some he had to go to the infield care center. I don't know if, what what that was yeah. all about, but I mean, I didn't I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it was handled. It was just like a tantrum. I'm just going to call it a tantrum. That's what it was. Yeah, I was disappointed in it. I think I'm going to take an about face. I'm sure there's some audio somewhere where I'm like, you know, let the drivers fight it out. But I think I've got to the point in today's world, today's society, I'm kind of over it. Um, the, the race is an event. At some point, the event has to stop. Kyle mentioned it. I saw some things on Twitter about an official being injured. I saw an apology by Sam Mayer. Now their actions post-race is, is affecting other people's well-being. I have an mm-hmm. issue with that. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to happen on the racetrack. That is an event. That's a race. We can agree to disagree on how they race each other. The drivers have figured that out for years. We're not going to answer that here today. But oh, I like Ty Gibbs. He's a nice young man, but I've been very disappointed in his action now two weeks in a row. He got passed by John Hunter Nemechek a week ago. He, he kind of took himself, calmed down at Richmond, made a run back on him. It was wonderful. He moved him up out of the way off turn two. A-plus move. Gets inside and goes down to turn three and straightens the wheel. What kind of move is that? That's not a race-winning move. I mm. might have looked past it as a race fan if it was his yeah. first ever win or is the Daytona 500, but it was another race win at Richmond, and I feel like he used up a teammate to do it. Now we go a week later, and he gets used up by a old nemesis. They have a lot of history together for $100,000. And let's go down there shoving and push. Man, I'm not okay with that. Listen, yeah. you decided a week ago how you were okay. He said in his interview, well, John Hunter has one coming back for me. Well, did John Hunter pass his get it out Joe free card down the Sam Mayer and say, hey, you hit him for me? I mean, you don't race individuals. When Kyle yeah. and I race on the racetrack, everyone is watching us. Your son races. Yeah. What he does to anyone, he should expect. That is what everyone then expects from yeah. him. You are creating your own yeah. signature. So I don't like it. I would hate to be in NASCAR shoes. I don't think I need a penalty here because they've let it go for no. years past. But I would love to see a, hey, guys, we're drawing the line. Yeah. Enough's enough. But no more no more yeah. fighting after the races. Yeah, Listen, I will go forever and say this. It's a game that you play, okay? That's the race, okay? Once it spills over and it's something else, then it, then it is something else. Um, it, a physical altercation is never justified, no matter what goes on on that racetrack, okay? No matter what goes on. And, and it has spilled over. We saw it at the Academy Awards. Okay? So my point is, has it become so commonplace that we just turn, or, turn away and look and nobody's got the cojones to say anything and say, that's wrong? It's wrong, dude. Yeah. It's wrong. It was wrong for him to invade. He comes down to, to Sam's space. He invades Sam's space. Okay? He runs into Sam when the race is over with. He invades Sam's space. So uh, this is all on Ty Gibbs, as far as I'm concerned. Every bit of it's on Ty Gibbs. And I hear what both of you are saying, but you've both been there in the heat of the moment. It's hard in that moment to control those emotions and say, hey, that doesn't need to get to this point, right? But it's hard to control those emotions in that moment. It has, but I've been in a lot of Saturday Night Short Tracks in the last five or six years where that guy throwing the punch gets hauled out from the sheriff car. That's exactly Mm. right. The world's changed. Having a history Saturday night. Well, I I, I mean, that's my point. The world's changed. When I was a little kid, I saw a lot of fighting at the racetrack. Yes, the Donnie Allison fight in 1979 put NASCAR on the map. I'm not trying to hide from it. No. That was 43 years ago. Yeah. Things have changed in 43 years. I, I, you go to a Saturday yeah. night track and someone throws a punch, normally it's not the uh, sanctioned body taking action. Listen, it's he's wearing, wearing a badge. 
And, and, and on a Saturday night, they're not wearing Monster Energy stuff. They're not on national TV. They don't have a team that's backing them up that should be there pulling him back, not pushing him forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether it's Sam or whether it's Ty. Their teams and their leaders should step in at some point in time. It's a lack of leadership from the team perspective in, in a lot of ways. Listen, I had my dad send me into a fight one time. And then when I got in a fight, <laughs> then when I got in a fight, he said, what the heck were you doing down there fighting? I said, you uh, told me to go down there. He said, yeah, I know I did. That's all right. All right. Some compelling arguments and points from these guys. Now we want to hear from you guys at 844-NASCAR-NBC. When we come back, we'll hear from you guys about the good, the bad, the ugly of Martinsville. Certainly plenty to unpack from the weekend at Martinsville in NASCAR. And also IndyCar coming up as well. James Hinchcliffe coming up in a little bit. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Here's Redick and Custer coming together. And then the hands go on each other, and it escalated from that point. Big frustrations. I mean, look how quick he finds him on oh, the pit yeah. lane. Yeah. That's Dylan Bassett. Those boys are going at it. Noah's 21. Burton's 19. These guys are going to be uh, around a while. Daniel Hemrick and Noah Gregson had a disagreement. Understand he's not happy, and Noah's swinging. Wow. Joe Graff Jr. and Gray Galding are uh, having some push and shoving. I'm not sure if there are punches thrown or not. What a major, major melee. Uh, officials down here, everyone getting into the dust up here between Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs. I'm going to give some bad points to Ty Gibbs. He left his helmet on the whole time. Ty would not take his helmet off. Wow, the uh, Xfinity Series clearly has a bit of history. Uh, what were fights you guys were in? You said your dad sent you into one, right? Yeah, that's okay. all I'm going to say. Okay. You, no, I'm not a fighter. I, I just, I'm curious. As much guys as are... I talk? Yeah, I usually talk my way out of a fight. I got swung in a lot more than I swung at Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. You might have shown the most restraint of any driver I've ever seen when you didn't take a swing at Bobby Hill on uh, that one time. That's that was, a whole other story. That was good. Ancient history. That was Ancient good. Ancient history. Uh, that let's get to your guys' Michael thoughts. Punches the window. On no. Martinsville. No. Yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah he thought he was going to win that Daytona 500. No. Probably could have. Uh, NASCAR, we'll start, start with, you. with you. How you doing, NASCAR? What's going on? You there, NASCAR? You there, NASCAR? NASCAR? Oh, we got some uh, bad feedback. Ooh. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that not was, good. Some yeah, yeah, yeah. A little reverb echo there. Uh, we'll try. Nice let's try Michelle in Maryland. Michelle, how are you doing today? Okay. Uh, All right. Phone line's not going to work. phone line's working yeah, today yeah, there, Exactly. So Ooh, phone line's are working not good. Not very good. <laughs> so, good. They right, always so work when I owe. Yeah, I wanna... They do. When you always sit there, there must be some, I don't know. Uh, it could be me. Maybe I'm pushing the wrong button. So we'll try them again in a second. So it, Ty Gibbs eventually is going to be in the Cup Series while we're staying on this fight situation. Fair. Yeah, fair. Fair point, right? Uh, how do Cup drivers now observe this? And how do they process that if maybe he's in next year or the year after? Do they drive him differently? Well, so I do want to... Yeah. I'm not going to walk my comments back, but I'm going to give Jeff Burton credit for this. 
we analyze the Xfinity series like it's the Cup series, and we shouldn't. Hmm. The Xfinity series is a feeder series for a reason. It's AAA baseball. You're there to make mistakes. Yep. Those happen both on the racetrack and off the racetrack. You know, we just saw all the fights on Saturday. I still don't like it. I'm not going to change yeah. my opinion yeah. there. But I do think, you know, it is a learning ground. Now, Ty Gibbs didn't get a lot of chance to go learn at Hickory because he ran a little bit of dirt, and then he was put on this stage because he has the talent, because he has Monsters backing, because his grandfather's an owner, and he proves he deserves it. He's winning. I'm not questioning his talent. So he is, unfortunately, learning in, in a little bit more of a covered fishbowl, right? People are of watching course. it. Um, so to your point about the cup drivers – I don't think it's his actions as important as perhaps how he reacts from them, right? Uh, do, does he lean on his four Joe Gibbs Racing teammates that are at the Cup Series that are all veterans? Does he lean on them on how he needs to do it? Does he reach back out to Sam Mary? You know, there's a lot of ways to change the narrative after a fight. Um, and sometimes a little humility goes a long way. Sometimes I know that I have judged people one way, and then when I hear them speak up and say, that was on me, my bad, I'm like, I want to be mad at this guy, but he kind of took away my ammunition. You, you know, so I do yeah. think that these are the younger yeah. guys. They That's are fired point. up, and, and we appreciate the, uh, the energy, but, but I do think it needs to be channeled yeah. differently. That's a good point. You, you lost me a little bit on the argument there because to have – to go and ask advice from Kyle or Denny or Truex about that stuff. <laughs> so they were veterans. That might be the wrong group to ask. Uh, I'm sorry. They've been in a few. But you're exactly right. We do, we do get caught up, and that's a great point. We do get caught up thinking it's just a miniature cup series, and they should react and act that like That ties 19. Yeah. yeah. Now, having said that, having said that, I'm going to swing my pendulum the other way and say, yeah. And he's got $8.5 million and a big car and got all this stuff. You've got to take the responsibility to have that at the same time. I'm not going to give you all the tools if you don't have some responsibility for yourself. This is self-responsibility, okay? And whether you're 16 and you've just got your driver's license or whether you're 96 like me and are getting ready to take your driver's license away from you, there's certain rules you need to abide by, and this is one of them. Don't let your brain overload your rear end and get yourself in trouble. And that's what happened. It just disconnected. And that's okay. We've all had it happen. Right. Okay? But you're in a position of responsibility. I don't want the president doing that. I don't want you doing that in the middle of one of these shows. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I right, mean, right. You have a responsibility. So even though I'm, I'm going to give you the thing and say, yes, they're younger. Yes. But they've given great responsibility. Okay? And they need to take that responsibility serious and understand what it, what, it, what it means. Before we stop talking about the fight here, I, I do want to get comments on what you just said, Kyle, a little while ago, that in your day it probably would have been handled differently. Like, yeah. go, go find another place to take care yeah. of that. Not on national television no, in front no. of everybody. Listen, listen, even when TV was around, if you go back to the 80s, okay, most everybody went to the garage area and got between the trucks. Okay? And you just go between the trucks. And I'm going to tell you what, whether it was my dad, whether it was Pearson, whether it was Earnhardt, whether it was Mark, whether it was Rusty, we'd stand between the trucks and argue and scream and cuss. And we saw it with Matt Kenseth. He went between the trucks. Okay, He didn't count on a camera being there. There wasn't that many cameras around <laughs> when we were there. Yeah. But he went old school. He took it back to the garage area, back out of the public eye. Um, we put it in the public eye because that's what we do as media. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But... That's old school. Now they just do it right out here in public. Let's just let's just go. Just meet me down at Shoney's on Crawfordsville Road. That's it, baby. That's what was said by a veteran. The greatest Carmen, line ever. Mike Harmon tweet. The greatest right. line ever. Uh, to be said for, for everyone on the phone lines, we are still working on the phones. Just hang in. We will try to get to that in a minute. Let's jump to Hendrick Motorsports. We didn't get to talk about this much, Steve. They've now won four of eight races. 
I'm starting to see a, a trend develop here. Are you starting to see a trend develop with this new car that HMS is once again the team to beat? So I want to see when we revisit some of the high-speed tracks. So Martinsville, I take off the list. When you look at Hendrick's numbers at Martinsville, over 10,000 yeah. laps led. That's I a very important there, race and, to them. And I'm yeah. just saying that, it's huge. Um, you know, I understand the value of the Daytona 500, but that half-mile half paperclip in Martinsville, Virginia, is the most important race on the circuit for that organization. It has been for many years, uh, so it doesn't surprise me yeah. they had the two most dominant cars there. Um, the effort definitely uh, matches the results. But, listen, to your point, I don't think the 4 out of the 8 is as impressive as 4 to 8 without a Chase Elliott. William Byron... Being the one that, you know, I'd have lost all the bets. Hey, had Chase won? Yes. Yep. No, he hasn't. Me too. Well, there's been a two-time winner. Well, that's Larson. No, it's actually William Byron. Well, has Bowman won? Well, no, for some reason I never give him credit, and he still won again. Yep. Like, you know, they. <laughs> I think what makes them the most dangerous is that when one or two trip up, however they share information or whatever they have going on, it seems like one or two always run well. You yep. know, very rarely do they get blanked. Yeah. Um, and that's I think that that is what makes them um, – and they're driving a bow tie, and it seems like currently yeah. the bow tie Golly, is 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 figuring it out. You know, yeah. RCR, this, track house. Uh, Austin Dillon was phenomenal. Great. Outstanding. I mean, it, you, you go to the first stage and the second stage, you go to the last 10 laps, he'd pick up four or five positions in the last 10 laps. So that car just it came on at that time. So I think you're right. I think the bow tie is a big part of it. But the bow tie in this sport is represented by Hendrick, mm-hmm. and they are the top. And it's just like you say, if one falters, there's somebody there to fill the slot. If the next one falters, there's a third car there to fill the slot all the way back. So um, I, I, I'm not – I'm surprised right. that Chevy, that the bow ties are that good with this package that we have right now, that they came out of the box as the best car, uh, as, as, as dominant as they seem to be. The surprise, and, and you touched on it, Steve, is that Chase Elliott not among the winners, and that's the one that kind of stands out to me. Uh, what If you're in the Toyota camp, Steve, are you looking for the panic button, or are you worried about these wild swings and performance? I mean, they ran well at Richmond. Denny and those guys worked out the strategy, but I would say straight speed-wise, I've not seen much there. What about you? So I think that they've been faster than it looks. Um, they were going to win Las Vegas until a, la- a late caution. Mm-hmm. They were better at um, California than I think it showed because of the overheating issues. Um, so I wouldn't say panic button. It's not their lack of speed. It's their inconsistency. Mm-hmm. That's a bigger concern for me right. is, is when you have that much money, that many tools, that many smart people, it's shocking to just flat miss it. Yeah. I mean, Denny Hamlin at Martinsville should be an automatic top 25 top 20 top 15 mm-hmm. and he was so we've had what eight races he's had seven that i'm not sure he was in and he yeah. won the eight <laughs> yeah. and, and that's yeah. not a knock on like right, so my right. point is it's exactly the ups right. and downs you're, it's, you're it's, exactly right. it's now when they hit it they kind of hit it together yeah. it was kyle and truex at vegas yeah it was kind of denny and truex at richmond um it seems like the opposite of hendrick right when they have two fault or two step up well gibbs they're either all awful or all pretty yeah. good. That is that is perhaps my bigger concern. And you can tell it's wearing on them. I mean, you see Denny's celebration after he won Richmond. It was like he won the Daytona but, 500 or something. I mean, he was but this fired is, up. I think this is what's fascinating to me about that. Um, especially, let's go to Martinsville. Let, let's use Martinsville as an example. And yes, have they hit the panic button? Denny hit it all, the whole race long. It was right there on his steering wheel. It's called the radio <laughs> button. If you, if you monitored him, he was on it almost yeah, the yeah. whole race. And, and I laugh about it, or you, we joke about it, but he was... He was lost. He didn't know. And Denny Hamlin knows how to get around Martinsville. I mean, that's 
That's a given. Man, that's his place. Yeah. But what I want to go to is after they won Richmond, corporate Toyota said, oh, we just had bad tire data. We got it fixed now. We're back on track. We're where we need to be. Mm. Oh, at, at Vegas, we had everybody on the same strategy, four tires, when two of them should have went two tires and two of them should have went four. That's why we had a split strategy at Richmond. So they made all of these comments and didn't back it up when we got to Martinsville. Everybody was on the same strategy, which was bad. They didn't, I mean, <laughs> the, the only one that run pretty decent was um, Christopher Bell. And he has been the most consistent, if you look, from fifth to 15. Mm -hmm. He's not, he's up in there a little bit, but he just is pretty consistent at that time. But I mean, Denny said it best. How can we be a top team and can't run in the top 30 at a cup race? How can we be a top team? And that, that is a fascinating question for a driver of the caliber of Denny Hamlin, who is a great race car driver, to ask. Before we get to our buddy James Hinchcliffe, one driver I want to get you guys to comment on, Ross Chastain. Another top five. Is he, you know, we always talk about the usual suspects running up front. Is he starting to creep his way into that conversation about a guy who's going to be a contender every week? Um, I think the answer is yes. He has finally been consistent enough that I'm willing to put him in my fantasy lineup, if that's what you're asking. Because that's really, <laughs> yeah. what, really we're what I wanted to get you know, to, I mean, Steve. That's, yeah, kind yeah. Of, I mean, that's, that's how we that's joke great, about it, but that's really the truth. The truth yeah. is, is this a driver that I believe with only 15 minutes of practice and one lap of qualifying, it's very hard to judge. So we go off past history, throw that away between the new car. Yeah. Do I now believe Ross Chastain is a consistent top 10 threat? That's what I want on my fantasy yeah. team. I have he's he's been too good at too many places and this week Daniel Suarez not good Chastain good so I'm not even willing yeah. to say oh Trackhouse had it figured yeah. out no Found that Ross Chastain yeah. had it figured out yeah so but I want to I want to say this we do this show on Mondays okay so if we go back if we if you go from Daytona all the way through the usual suspects the Kyle Bushes the Denny Hamlins the Kevin Harvicks um, Joey Logano the, the, yeah. yeah Joey Logano the Martin Truexes they seem to be over here, and we're talking Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain, um, you know, Daniel Suarez, William Byron. I mean, it's, it's like there has been a shift in the power structure of who's good or who's consistent and who we're talking about and who we used to talk about. And it's not – it's the same teams. It's Penske, okay? It's Hendrick. It's, it's the same teams. There's just been a shift in the power structure or in, in the structure inside mm -hmm. the teams, it seems like. For whatever reason, and I can't explain it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand. It's a new car, you would think. Yeah. So, well, coming up a little bit later in the show, Brandon Jones, Xfinity Series winner at Martinsville, he'll join us at six forty-five. But next, our buddy James Hinchcliffe will be here to talk about one of the crown jewels in IndyCar, the Long Beach Grand Prix. Joseph Newgarden, the winner. There's the mayor. He's going to hang out with us next. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. There's Joseph Newgard making that long trip down pit lane off the button as Alex Pelot's coming down shoreline. There's Pelot in the blue car. Here's Newgard. Newgard. Car black. No pressure behind. Got to push. Got to push. Got to push. 
Can Newgarden hang on? Where will Pelot make the move? Into turn four, he's not close enough. And that's dicey through there anyway. Yeah, wait till turn six. Joe's always gonna try it in five. This could oh! be bad. Slight contact. He's on the outside for turn six. It's power to Newgarden here. at this left-hander coming up. Step over, take. Still there, still there. These guys know that this is the battle for the win right here. Here comes Pelot for another run. Joseph defending right away, driving through the marble. Both drivers on the button. Pelot's going to have slightly better tires, but no. Joseph defends enough. He's got one good opportunity left, trying to get a good run off the hairpin here, but a great launch from Newgarden. I don't know if he got it. What a drive from Joseph Newgarden. Spectacular. Joseph Newgarden is a Long Beach Grand Prix winner. Long Beach, guys. Long Beach. Joseph Newgarden wins back-to-back -back races for the first time in five years. Man, this is a fight today. This is not an easy race to win. I, I don't know if it looks simple from the outside, but I was working my butt off with uh, Grosjean at the end there on, on the used reds. You know, we knew we coming into the race, we have a good strategy, we make good fuel with Team Chevy, we're going to be all right. And I had everything I needed today with, with pit stops, as you saw, trying to get around Alex. So, so proud of Team Penske. Uh, I've been trying to win a race here for 11 years, so I, I'm so happy to finally get it done. Boy, some thrilling action yesterday in Long Beach. We welcome in the man who made the call with Lee Diffie and Townsend Bell, James Hinscliffe, joining us now. I got to admit, Hinch, you know, with two street courses in the first three races, Team Penske winning all three races was not on my bingo card for 2022. How about you? Yeah, I think you wouldn't be the only one that didn't have that on their bingo card. We saw all the last <laughs> two seasons, really, Honda had a drivability advantage, but a very key personnel change over the offseason. Ray Goslin moving from an engineering position at Andretti Autosport to Ilmore has really improved the drivability of these Chevys, especially apparent on those street circuits. So incredible to see Penske go three for three in the first three races. Listen, I'm, I'm going to go way back in time. I went to a Formula One race out there in like 79 or 80. Uh, <laughs> so like, no, no joke. I mean, I, because they started in what, 75, 76? Yeah, oh, yeah. so, so that far back. This is America's oldest street race, oldest road race on, on, the, on the streets. What was the atmosphere like? Because it looked like it was back, like everybody that in Southern California was at Long Beach. <laughs> Yeah, it really felt that way, too. I mean, that was, you know, like you say, all the way back to the 70s, the history of this event is just incredible. After the Indy 500, it's the longest running race that we've got. I think after the Indy 500, it's the best attended race that we've got. So after the Indy 500, it's the one the drivers want to win the most. And a big part of that is the crowd showing up the way that they do. Uh, you know, last year we had to do the race in October because of everything COVID related. Now we were back in the normal April time slot. That date equity plays a lot. You know, we, we've talked a lot about that when, you, when you're building calendars for sporting events. And we were back to the normal date. And so the people from Southern California showed up, man. It was a really, really fun atmosphere there. All right, Hinch, I'm going to make you put your uh, analyst hat on here. There's always moments in every race, and we just saw the highlights. The moment for me was New Garden off pit road, Palo closing on hot tires. Um, New Garden, great drive. Palo a mistake, not being able to get around him with hot tires. Now, I don't know if Alex could have held him off. But I felt like from my seat, Polo made a maybe, maybe chose wrong on the corners. He decided to attack too. I really thought that was Alex's only chance. Yeah, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, it's it's so easy to sit here and, and be Monday morning race car driver. But if I was Alex Polo, I bet he's looking back at that saying, I probably should have held back in turn five gotten a clean run on those hot tires, made the blast down to turn six. And even if Joseph defended, you could try and outbreak him on the outside and may have had a shot at it. 
they both were messy coming off of turn five. And I really think that was his best opportunity and trying to force the issue there in a really difficult place to make a pass, ultimately ruined his opportunity to make a pass in a more traditional passing zone into uh, into turn six there. We've seen accidents right here in turn four involving Joseph Newgarden and myself in the past uh, on, a, on a pit sequence. So right there, getting up on the curb, big oversteer coming off there. He just didn't get the great run. If he had lined that one up a little bit cleaner, I think he may have had a shot at it. Wow, that was a key moment in the race, no doubt about it. There were certainly key moments on the final few restarts as well. But the story of the race, in my opinion, this was Colton Hurd's weekend to lose. Obviously, he had the dominant car, wins the pole, leads the first 28 laps. Then on that first pit stop sequence, gets behind. He questioned why. That seemed to frustrate him. And then another unforced error. Hinch, this is, this is three races for this team, three errors, two on pit road, one by the driver. How does this team begin to regroup? It's tough. You know, we talked about this during uh, during the weekend, Marty. It's it's very tough when you've had three issues like that to start a season. You you never want to get behind yourselves. You never want to get down on yourselves. You got to keep you know that that morale up. And as the driver, a lot of that does come on you. But these unforced errors by Colton, the the struggles in the pits, it's uh, it's a tough look for these guys because obviously the pace is there. I don't think anyone will doubt or question that Colton Herta is probably one of the fastest racing drivers on the planet right now. Him and his engineer, Nathan O'Rourke, work phenomenally well together. They've built a really great rapport. But you got to see those results at the end of the day. So these guys are going to be upset. They're going to be kicking themselves. But you can take a lot of you know merit and, uh, and solace in the fact that the pace was there. Uh, it's, it's harder to be good than it is you know lucky. And you could argue some of it was bad luck. Uh, ultimately, they know they've got the pace at a lot of these racetracks. So they just need to keep their heads down, keep digging. Eventually, those results are going to come. All right, so Hinch, it's a NASCAR audience, NASCAR show. We've got to talk about our NASCAR <laughs> champ who's moved on to IndyCar, Jimmy Johnson. Accident in practice, injures his hand, does a great job on social media updating us how he makes this carbon fiber splint. Apparently, there's a broken bone in there. So, great drive or getting back in the car. I know he ended up in an accident, but looking forward. I was just on uh, Nate Ryan on his podcast, and we discussed what the upcoming six, eight weeks look like leading into the Speedway as a driver of the IndyCar series with so much success where do you think he stacks up as far as his ability with an injured hand? Can he run Barber? Should he be okay? Where does the physicality of Long Beach versus somewhere like the Speedway? Uh, or when he gets to somewhere like Indianapolis, should the hand be okay? Well, I mean, if we're talking just the Speedway, yeah, I think he could race there tomorrow with, with his hand the way it is. Honestly, uh, the, the nature of that track, how smooth it is, and the type of physicality is quite a bit different. So I don't think it'd be a problem. The problem is we have Barber and the Indy GP before that, two very fast, high-speed road courses, not as aggressive on the steering wheel as you see at a, at a street circuit. You know, the, the bumps at a Long Beach or a St. Pete or a Detroit can be a, a big challenge when you're dealing with an injury like that. But I think he's going to be okay. I mean, we saw Charlie Kimball break his hand a few years ago. He got surgery and was back in a race car a week later. So the fact that Jimmy even competed in Long Beach shows that, you know, He's strong enough. It's not bothering him too much in the car. And so I think he'll be good by the time we get to Barber. We do have a little bit of a break now. And certainly by the Speedway, you know, where I know everyone's excited to see what Jimmy can do, especially after that run in Texas, he's going to be A-OK. -okay. You know what I've learned? This goes down the long list of things I've always said. You can take this as a compliment or not. Race car driver is far from normal. Breaks a hand, decides <laughs> to go race. So uh, I love Jimmy, great friend of mine. Uh, he could easily tapped out. But nope, yeah. nope, he wanted to still race it. Yeah. You guys are... 
You guys are not normal. Well, there's no doubt, and he has I mean, not updated anything today, by the way. Yes. Um, but yeah, you're you're not normal, are you, Hinch? Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. No, we're we're wired differently. I've always said that about racing drivers. We're a little off. But I thought it was awesome that Jimmy wanted to still compete and uh, and just yeah. yeah, let's you know, let's bandage it up, let's tie it up, and let's go, man. We got work to do. Hey, Hinch, we have fantastic news. I think we fixed our phones. So we're going to get a couple phone calls in with try. you if you're cool with that. We'll try this. So, James, you're on with James. Uh, go ahead, James in New York. What do you got for James Hinchcliffe? Hey, how you doing? And uh, one James to another. Um, I wanted to ask, um, have you ever thought about getting back into an IndyCar for a test at Daytona and the Charlotte uh, Rovals to see if there's a possibility maybe that IndyCar compete at those two uh, Roval tracks someday? Hey, James. Yeah, thanks for the question. I mean, uh, if the opportunity came up, absolutely. Uh, I think exploring new venues is always a great thing for the sport. And I know when they first uh, opened up the Roval that Joseph Newgarden actually was there for some demo laps in an IndyCar. So it, it's been done. And uh, the, the Daytona road course, man, that would be a wild track for an IndyCar race, Marty, don't you think? Yeah, I think that would be a yeah. little insane. Yes. The speeds on the banking would be a little fun to watch, but uh, that would be a little tight as well. So it would be, would be fun to watch. Hey, we do 24 hours there in IMSA, so I figured <laughs> we could do one IndyCar race there. Uh, let's go to Ray in Connecticut. You're on with James Hinchcliffe. Ray, what's going on? Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. What's happening? Well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, so, James, think about Long Beach and Colton Herta running well, bad pit stop, sets him back poor strategy or you know kind of a fluky strategy at Nashville set him back and then you look out Rossi at St. Pete and he was kind of uh, struggling at Long Beach at what point do these strategy issues become a worrying trend and Andretti needs to make some changes uh, to get the results I mean I think every team is going to be always looking at what they can do better and, and certainly after a weekend like Long Beach you know that team can look and, and find quite a few things they need to improve on certainly but the strategy part of it is a tough one, man, because all it takes is a, a yellow flag falling at the wrong time and what should be the working or winning strategy kind of gets blown up, like what happened to Colton at Nashville. You know, Colton's uh, issues in Long Beach, I don't think were really a, a strategy call. It was a, it was a botched pit stop. It was a little slow. Uh, he had that similar sort of issue in, in St. Pete by not getting all the fuel in the car. So it's really just about going back to basics. I think it's really analyzing how you can go through protocols and steps uh, throughout the race weekend to make sure you eliminate these small mistakes that, that put this team in a position to have to be digging themselves out of a hole when accidents like this can happen. So I, I don't think it's, it's panic button time yet at Andretti Autosport, but it's definitely you know reflection time and, and taking a look inside at, at what they can do better to execute on race days. Yeah, and I think two hints, they've got some quality control issues they need to address. They've got to make sure those don't show up for the month of May. i got to ask about Kyle's favorite, new favorite IndyCar driver, Romain Grosjean. Finish his second. second. Yes. Yes. I spent time with him at the, at the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame when they started oh, okay, the Haas cool. team, when he worked with Haas and stuff. So, yeah, so he finished his second. So, thoughts. Give me some thoughts on him, man, because he's my guy right now. It was, you know, it was a great end of the race for him. He kind of had just a, a steady first half. And what they did that ended up being a really, really great call was they had their set of sticker red saved for the end of the race. A lot of teams that used uh, or used their sticker reds in that first stint, most drivers didn't want to start or even run the used reds at all. He committed to those early, which means he, he was going to have to run those sticker reds. It was going to be a long stint, but that yellow flag that we had near the end there, 
it shortened that stint up and it really allowed him to maximize those tires and push a little harder at the beginning of those stints. We saw him get by Pelot and we, we saw him get oh so close to Joseph Newgarden there. So it was a really heads up drive. It was a really gutsy call uh, from the 28 guys to start on the used reds. So all in all rewarded with the podium for taking a bit of a risk and, and executing a really good race on Sunday. So, so there you go. NASCAR, yeah. Some tire options. Yeah, it's I, reds and I've been saying it for world. years. No one listens to me. They tried it in the all-star <laughs> race. They said it won't work. I, it was great, I thought. So, yeah, that's good. Let's so, give the crew chief more choices. Yeah, I know. Not a completely <laughs> lost weekend for Andrade Autosport. They get one car on the podium, one driver on the podium, so good stuff. So, hey, man, uh, I'll see you a few weeks. Open test. And then in the meantime, enjoy your off weekend and for Easter. It sounds good, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, James Hinchcliffe uh, hanging out with us. Certainly a fun weekend with those guys in Long Beach. When we come back, another driver who gets Easter weekend off, Xfinity Series winner Brandon Jones. Xfinity off this weekend. He gets to celebrate that win for a couple of weeks. Brandon Jones joins us next here on Motor Mouse. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Round 13 Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship from St. Louis, Missouri. Todd Harris alongside Ricky Carmichael coming into this race. Ricky, everyone was talking about the streak. Eli Tomac for the 450s and the 250 East, Jet Lawrence. But everyone forgot to tell R.J. Hampshire and Marvin Muscat about that. That's right. They took the wins, and R.J. Hampshire had the fastest speed all night long, and he got the job done. His first ever professional Supercross win. So emotional. Love to see it. And on the 450 side, Wow, what a race for Marvin Muskan. He was consistent all night. He did. He managed these two races better than anyone else did, the most consistent, and had good speed. Great to see Marvin get the win. Marvin Muskan, RJ Hampshire, overall winners, triple crown. Next weekend, it is off to Atlanta Motor Speedway. You, Lee Diffie, will have the call 3 o'clock Eastern on NBC. How excited are you for the showdown? Oh, I can't wait for that 250 East-West showdown. Egos, pride on the line. Which coast is fastest? We're going to see you next week. All right, it all comes down. Round 14, Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship from Atlanta, 3 o'clock Eastern on NBC. See, by the way, here's the Xfinity Series playoff board. Kyle just heard Supercross Atlanta Motor Speedway this Super weekend. Supercross Atlanta. He's out, he's out planning a trip to Atlanta. Yeah, he's going to make the drive man. down 85. Uh, you'll notice, Steve, there's one more uh, yellow name here on the Xfinity Series standings. Yes, there is. Big win. Big win for Brandon Jones there sitting there in fourth. It was uh, exciting to win. Um, Big action. I think that's what yeah. Saturday night was such a letdown. Because Friday night was so yeah, good. I know. No, man, I know. So good. Brandon so good. and everyone got so fired up Friday night. We we're expecting a big race on Saturday night. Not as quite as much passing. And uh, Brandon Jones joins, now joins us here on NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Congratulations on the big win. How aggressive did you have to play that final stage to pull off the win, Brandon? Man, well, we all know kind of our strategy for that race weekend. You know, it was about more about getting points that was our big goal for the weekend was trying to capitalize on those stage points trying to capitalize on just a good overall day uh we, we've had speed this entire year in my opinion to win these races and uh it just all has to work out we kind of saw 
Saturday, everything worked out in our favor, man. I mean, it just, you know, cautions fell the right way at the very end of that thing to uh, make sure that those old tires held on. And that was really the key to making sure that we maintained track position with, with Ty and those guys that had a little bit fresher tire. I think once that, you know, a couple of cautions were to come out, um, it, it evened the tires out, equalized everything. And I think that's kind of why you saw the, that finish the way that it did. Uh, but man, what a what an exciting ending to that. Uh, you know, I have to say that, you know, my, my uh, saying is you're never out of the fight of these things. and. Um, you know, I, I wanted to come down pit road in that stage too. I wanted to take those stage points and uh, knew we had a really fast GR Super all day to pass guys. And um, yeah, like I said, cautions helped us out and, and continue to advance all day. So Brandon, I want to talk to you. I, you're only 25 years old, so I don't want to make it sound like you're too much of an old wily veteran, but you have a lot of starts <laughs> in the Xfinity series in a series where we've seen a lot of change here recently. Some drivers moved up the cup, some new younger guys in there, a lot of conversation about driver etiquette, driver code, fights after the race. From where you sit behind the steering wheel, how do you manage kind of different people in different cars year after year? Do you have to kind of relearn their style? Is it conversations you have off the racetrack or do you let it all figure itself out on the racetrack? Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that, that truthfully, that's one of my strong suits and, and why being a veteran is so big in the series is because you do get to learn how people drive. You do start to put profiles to drivers. Um, you know, there, there's some that make their their profile known pretty early on in their career. Um, I think Ty has, has set that standard pretty high. And there's a lot of other guys out there as well that have. And it's that, you know, they're not going to take anything off anybody. They're going to go for the win no matter what, <clears throat> um, you know, no matter who's in front of them. And um, to be honest, that's a pretty good attribute to, to have, in my opinion, of this sport. I mean, you have to assert your dominance early on. You see a lot of guys, even Cup Series right now, uh, just kind of talking about, you know, how difficult it is to, to win and how, how many people do get moved out of the way for wins now. And so it's just gotten so competitive to the point that you kind of have to race that way, in my opinion. And especially when you go to Martinsville, like a short track, you know, there's no big penalty to getting getting guys left rears or anything. And, and you know, I think at the end of the day, that's kind of how we want to see these races played out. And so uh, Ty's, a, Ty's a super aggressive competitor and super hard racer. And um, I just kind of gave that mentality back there at the end. Okay, so let me ask you a question in, in that same vein. Um, so Ty doesn't take anything off anybody. He's your teammate. He's the grandson of your boss. Uh, and you've got to race with him on a weekly basis. How hard is that to race a guy and be in the position you were in Saturday or Friday night going for a win like that. I mean, you've got to make, you've got to take care of Brandon Jones. How do you balance that? For sure, man. I mean, I think that truthfully, he's kind of my motivation in this sport right now. You know, he, he's in the exact same stuff we're in, you know, and, and same car, same stuff um, that we come to the track every single week, you know, so I, I take all of that as fuel with him winning, with him doing so good and saying, okay, you know, it's on me at this point. To figure out how to how to be better, how to beat him, you know. Uh, he, he's putting in a lot of work. He's obviously really fast every week. So um, it's about the process, I think, that you commit yourself to. Um, there's a lot of things that, you know, I, I work really hard on during the week and even in the off seasons um, to try to get to this point that we're in now, you know. So I, I don't think that with him being a teammate, you know, you, you definitely love to see him with him. But at the same time, you want to beat him so bad, too. So it's a tough line. It's a hard line to, to follow. You know, I, I could definitely, in my opinion, never live uh, with myself on wrecking a teammate to win. You know, I would probably never do that um, in, in anything or anywhere that I drive at. Um, but to, to get racy, to have a good time there at the end, you know, I think that the way that that race ended 
it was almost all as we could kind of get out and kind of respect each other and, and say, you know, okay, man, that was a, that was a good race. That was a fun job. Well, the best thing to do is win before an off weekend. You've done that. You get to join an extra <laughs> week. I want to look ahead past that. Hundred grand, man. Dash for cash. You're one of the four guys going to Talladega. But I won't lie. When I look at who you have to beat, there's a couple college cars on there going to a plate race. <laughs> like, do you just run all day and hope you're in the right position? Do you hey, look at your teammates? Second last fall. Well, I mean, do you take them like to lunch and be like, "Hey, buddy, <laughs> listen, man, it's a hundred grand if oh, I can gosh. beat those college cars." Uh, you know, it, that's a great program. I'm super excited to watch you guys race for it. I love how it turns up the intensity. Uh, so just real quick, give us a little peek behind the curtain. What's it going to look like in a couple weeks when we head down to Talladega? Yeah, man, I, I love how Xfinity throws this little four-race stint on here to, to get a little bit of a bonus and incentive to do really well. I've got some good results at Talladega. My, my Talladega results are honestly much better than my Daytona stuff for some reason. I know the track is, has got some different, uh, you know, personalities and traits to it, you know, compared to Daytona. And, it just fits us a little bit better. Um, I, I think, truthfully, our, our GR Supers race a little bit better at Talladega. Um, we've, over the past couple of years at, at JGR, have, uh, in my opinion, really stepped our game up, really done a lot better job at realizing that those Collie cars and those JRM cars, you know, work together and work kind of outnumbered. And we've came up with some pretty good ideas over the few, past few races on how to manipulate them, how to try to pass them. Um, but at some point, you're going to have to tag with them, man. You know they're going to be up front. You just want to be at the front of that train whenever they start to bail down. Well, man, congratulations, yeah. man. Yeah. Enjoy it. Good luck, man. Brandon appreciate Jones, it, appreciate Thanks it, bud. Us. Hopefully, you can win a hundred grand for him and enjoy his off weekend. Uh, here's what we want to do: we want to rip through as many calls as we can. So, just make your point as quickly as possible. We'll get Kyle to be as quickly as quick as he can as well. And uh, we'll start with NASCAR. <laughs> Can't promise that. NASCAR, was Kyle. NASCAR back? finally here. We get you on in segment four. What's going on, NASCAR? Hey, not much. Hey, like you said, real quick, uh, Ty, you're gonna you're gonna race this kind of style. You gotta expect it back. Kyle, you talked about leadership. Joe Gibbs usually lets things play out. He he doesn't really get on the drivers. What do you feel that should? What should he do in this situation, Ty? Just let it play out, or what do you feel Joe Gibbs's responsibility is handling this should be? You know, I don't think he has as much responsibility in this as, as NASCAR does. I think NASCAR has to nip this at some point in time. So I, I think Joe gets to be the grandfather in this in this case and just talk to Ty. But I, I don't think it's Joe's job to pull him back. It shouldn't be the owner's job to pull the driver back. You want to kick that driver and keep him going forward. So Ty's doing good from that perspective. Chandler and Indy, what's on your mind? Well, guys, what's on my mind is about Joe Logano and how close he was to being the eighth different winner this year. The same thing mm-hmm. repeated itself, you know, like a year earlier. You know, Truex became the first multiple winner in 2021, and now William Byron has done the same thing. So look at how Logano did in Martinsville. Do you think that, he, that for the first time ever, he will swoop? For the second year in a row, he will win the Bristol Dirt Race this weekend. Mm. Stevie, what do you think? What do you think, Stevie? You know, Logano wins a lot of firsts, not yeah, a lot does. of seconds. So I'm looking for a different <laughs> winner. I thought he did a great job <laughs> yeah. at Bristol on the dirt, but I, I have no idea what to expect. I think moving it to Sunday night is going to race a little different than yep. it did during the day. Yeah, Interesting. Sure. And, I, and I, we this new car, too, and it's on yep. dirt. I mean, who knows what we're going to expect. Stuart Friesen's been doing all the testing. He's been doing a great job, but who knows what's going to happen, right? We mentioned uh, Xfinity off this weekend. There's still plenty of motorsports going on this weekend. You make sure to check out everything. And then the Dale Jr. download as well right here on Peacock. Look, a busy week. A lot of stuff happening. 
this weekend, Supercross in Atlanta. Kyle will be there if you want to check it out. Yes, See y'all Wednesday. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.